episode number two of the Room for Error podcast, presented by Man Cave Media. This is Cole Sheets with my brother from another mother, Dan Harmson. I'm giving him an air pound over here from the corner. Welcome to episode two, everyone, the, the much-awaited, anticipated... Highly anticipated. Episode two, at least amongst, you know, like, four family well, members. It, yeah, that's true. Well, I'm... First of all, I'd like to give a shout-out to everybody who did listen. That's awesome. We got some incredible feedback. Everybody was really, really nice about it, gave us a lot of compliments, probably stuff we didn't deserve. And then on top of that, we got some good feedback on how to improve and, like, different ways to tool the show. Um, we, we Just more or less, we got we got great feedback. And so, first of all, we want to thank everybody for listening. We hope you guys continue to enjoy it. We enjoy doing it. Um, we're also very flattered that you even – like to listen to us in the first place so here we are on a sunday night it's 8 40 p.m we are watching new england and pittsburgh uh new england has landed on pittsburgh who i mean you really can't be surprised by that but no and, and i just want to throw this out there I, I think you know you probably got a lot of genuine good feedback i, I got a lot of feedback because people genuinely feel bad for me so yeah there's that <laughs> oh we've got a lot of stuff we've got a lot of stuff, stuff. A lot of stuff. stuff. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll dive into it here, guys. Um, obviously, college football has been huge. It's been an up and down week for a lot of Cyclone fans. Um, obviously, with the U and I game, that that didn't feel great. But we got an off week. We got to recoup. But we'll uh, we'll start here. And I know I did hear a lot of feedback. Um, one of the things was that we didn't actually perform on the cocktail of the month. And so here we are. We do have a cocktail of the month, and it is presented by my friend and realtor chad swinson of remax concepts he uh graciously decided to um sponsor our cocktail of the month segment and this is what we're going to do moving forward everyone is going to have an opportunity if you uh just as a person want to sponsor the cocktail of the month uh, he and i agreed on a recipe and what i've got here is a big batch charred lemon whiskey sour um made with some crown royal some simple syrup some lemon and lime juice um, it's very sweet. It's very sour. It's uh, it, it's really hitting the spot here. I could drink a whole pitcher of this there, shit. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, so thank you to Chad for that. And if you would also like to be a sponsor of the cocktail of the month uh, in two weeks, you can hit us up. If not, Chad uh, will be the sponsor once again because he left us with a whole bottle of Crown, and which we are very grateful for. Um, with regards to Chad, he's a great realtor. He sold me my house. If you're looking to buy a house, I would highly recommend him. Um, he helped us. He had every, he answered every question we had along the way. He was a great guy. So shout out to Chad for the sponsorship. We really appreciate it. As as someone else, this, as someone who bought a house without a realtor, that was pretty dumb. So go find yourself a good one. And also if you want to sponsor this. There you go. Glowing endorsement by Dan. Yeah. Uh, free alcohol is always good. So whether it makes the show or not. Um, so there's that. All right. Well, so let's, let's get into it here and what, what everybody wants to talk about. I'm sure like normal is the Iowa. Iowa and Iowa State reaction. We want to hear what everybody else has got to say about it. And, um, you know, I guess we'll – I'd honestly like – I'd like to start with Iowa just because I want to put on my pom-poms for a minute after once we get to the Cardinal and Gold. You just want so, to get this out of the way? I want to get Iowa out of the way because no one cares. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, Iowa does their normal thing against Miami of Ohio. I locked that one up with Miami of Ohio at, like, I think it was minus 18 and a half. Um Iowa ended up covering. Uh, it looked really good after the first half. Iowa being Iowa, they're vanilla. 
just normal. That Gabbard kid tag. played really well in the first half. Like mm -hmm. my, he was making throws all over the field, and no relation to Blaine Gabbard. I'm sure. No, I thought no, it's his brother. I'm pretty sure. Is it really? Yeah, sort of. God, that's pretty surprising. Um, no. So I mean, they looked actually. Miami, Miami of Ohio appeared to have a pulse in the first half. And actually, if you look at the score, at first I was like, oh, this team is dog shit. You know, <laughs> typical early season Big Ten opponent here. But actually, like, I'm pretty sure Miami of Ohio won by, like, 40 or something yesterday. So maybe that team actually is better than we think. Yeah. That team's probably going to compete for a MAC title. Yeah, that's probably true. And uh, one of the big things I took away from that was Alaric Jackson, um, I think, went down with maybe an ACL injury or something like that, which is which really has some implications into next week. He's going to play. He probably will. It's like Cordero Pimsel was listed on the injury report for the Iowa football team, and he's probably going to play too. So. <laughs> <laughs> remember when he gouged his leg? On the hill? Like, I couldn't even make it. Well, no, this happens every time. Because I remember Brandon Scherf, who was a first-round pick. You know, everyone said he was hurt and wasn't going to play. for. Yeah. But these guys miraculously get healed like in time for the side. Amazingly game. Amazingly perfect. Um, and then the next thing, Oliver Martin in his uh, inauguration. Obviously, that was a big deal to a lot of Hawk fans. Um, him turn him giving the cold shoulder to him and going to Michigan and going to the Fighting Harbaugh's. He had, I think it was three rece three receptions. No, excuse me, two receptions. One being a touchdown. He only had 14 receiving yards. But um, I guess the, pro the prodigal out. son returns to Iowa City for them. And again, it's just it's they're it's just boring. It's just boring. It's just boring. It's oh just my god. Boring okay, football. I will have to stand up because actually I thought. Yeah, it was complete. It was a they ran him over. They wore him down the second half. You know what? There was more of it this week against Rutgers, which actually was probably a worse opponent than Miami of Ohio. But the way 100%. Iowa, the way Iowa actually finished that game was really impressive. And actually, I hate to say it, I am once again more concerned about the Iowa passing, or more impressed with the Iowa passing game than the run game. Even though Mackay Sargent and them looked really good in that game, but didn't show up as well. Against Rutgers, the run game didn't. Stanley has been hitting some downfield throws. Like, it's been weird. Like, that's not his M.O. He kind of sucks at those. And all of a sudden, like, Nate Stanley's Mr. Big Arm Quarterback. We, we've he, made enough fun of him. Everyone's made enough fun of Fat Stanley <laughs> over the last three years that he, he's finally grown into what, what people have been saying, you know, is going to be a, a, you know, a high-round draft pick. Um, I mean, I thought he he's actually looked really well. I mean, statistics are really well over – but. Yet, has he played a defense with the Pulse? I don't know. It's going to be very different coming up this week. They're going to give lots of different looks. Um, but he'll see a lot of defenses like that in the Big Ten. Um, so, But they have, and here's the deal, and I, I always want to hear it because we always hear about how good the Iowa Hawkeye receiving core is. I actually think there is talent. Brandon Smith is an athlete. Amir Smith-Marset is a deep threat guy. Oliver Martin is probably their most polished wide receiver in terms of route running and getting out of his breaks right and things like that. And for some reason in that Miami-Ohio game, he didn't get the field till the third quarter. That's probably Kirk just trying to break him in. But there actually are weapons all over the field. Sean Byers, a, he is not Fant or Hawkinson, but he's a good serviceable tight end. Well, that's, I mean, that's just board. what I was going to say is I don't even know the name of their tight end. And, like, how many times in recent years have you been able to say that about an Iowa football team where you don't even know who their tight end is? That's I, I'll give them credit. They know how to produce and churn out offensive linemen and tight ends. I mean, look. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkins, like that's crazy, and good for them. But like, this is one of the very few years like where we're not exactly sure. Well, I'm not. I don't pay close enough attention. But I mean, I had I had six games up on my TV and computer down here on Saturday, and it was glorious. I loved every second of it until I had to go to a wedding, which, you know, everybody loves love. No, Sean Byer up to this point was most remembered for. I can't remember what game it was in last year, but there was a punt. It was a punt 
busted punt coverage or something like that. The ball hit him and created a fumble, and somebody else hopped on it in a big game oh, last year. Yep, I can't remember yep. what game I, I that can't was. either. I remember what you're talking about, though. Yep. Um, that's what Sean Byer has been known up to at this point. But that offense actually ran ran the ball very well first week. Um, the second week, I mean, obviously it won 30 to nothing. I mean, complete domination. Right. Like, Rutgers I mean, you, is a terrible football you, team. Oh, it's a like, terrible I, football program. It's the Kansas but, version of the – like, Kansas – version of I, the Big 12 I, I or think Big Kansas 10, excuse is better me. Than Rutgers, but that's That's me. probably true. So I, I, I'd like to take notes. I took a lot of notes on Thursday when I got home from work. I went through some stuff, and um, I have uh, four words that essentially sum up the Iowa performances so far. <clears throat> Same shit, different toilet. Let's move on. <laughs> Iowa State, uh, they struggled – and we're in a dogfight with you and I, despite outgaining them by 200-plus yards. Um, I think you and I have talked about this a lot. We think that they didn't want to show their cards. They don't want to open up the playbook, which is understandable. Um, I think that they have they have reigned in Brock Purdy a little bit. They let him go be who he was going to be his freshman year. Now they're trying to get him to sit in the pocket and be a pocket quarterback with an improved offensive line. They're 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 trying to get him to make a couple more reads before he just takes off and goes, and I think that's all well and fine. But replacing downfield threats like Hakeem Butler and Matt Eaton, despite some of his very few catches, he's still a downfield threat for us. And then having a game breaker in the backfield, they kind of have to retool a little bit here. And and we saw a little bit of that against you and I, where we're only scoring three points before halftime, and it was just a little frustrating, I think. I think every Iowa State fan wanted them to come out of the gate and just absolutely lay it on them, and they didn't, but... Yeah, I mean, that game was like a... It was like a... I think I get a friend, Brett Spurgeon, saw this. that was like a four-hour root canal. Um, but I got to put this out Accurate. there. I don't know if they reined the offense in so much as the offense was vanilla as in you and I was well-prepared. Um, if you watch how far back the safeties are, they're in cover three a lot. They're taking away a lot of downfield throws. Um, yeah, I think Purdy, um, they're trying to rein him in and make him more of a pocket passer. I don't know if they're trying to make him more of a pocket passer. I watched an interview um, that was on oh, CBS Sports HQ this week with Campbell, and they said, you know, half of what makes – he goes, you don't want to take away what makes Brock good. I just don't think – I think they focus on so much like, hey, look at your options. Look at – you know, look at – go through your progressions. Go through your reads, whether it's one, two, three, wherever it is, and you just don't, hey, go out there and, A, when shit gets tight, you're going to throw the ball to Hakeem or you're going to run. I mean, I think it's more or less them. I mean, because there was even times where they gave him four or five different RPO looks and he had the option to run, and instead of doing that, he – you know, threw a bad tight end out to Charlie Kohler that one time. There's a couple of just bad reads on Brock's part. Overall, still had a really good game. He completed 73% of his passes, so I don't think we get too hard on him. Um, but you and I did a good job taking away the deep ball. I think, in a degree, they did to Iowa State what Iowa State does to a lot of Big 12 opponents. Yes, Very prepared. You know, um, now let's say this. Iowa State defense did not allow a touchdown until overtime, and that touchdown was freaking Fran Tarkenton, and Johnny Menzel bonkers. Um, they had him dead to rights. Jaquan Bailey and Andy Wazrike had him dead to rights one, and he throws across his body across the field and gets in the end zone. Um, kid's a player. Will McElveen, you can see why Matt Campbell recruited. The kid is a freaking baller. Yeah, and, and he wanted to chase his dream and went and wanted to wanted to play quarterback. I think um, what was Can't it? Can't blame I, him for that. No, oh, absolutely not. He played incredible. I was, I was really happy to watch him play the way that he did. Like, obviously in the moment, my pom-poms were on. I was, you know – rooting against him but like looking back I watched that game on Sunday afternoon I rewatched the recording and man that kid is a baller like no like you said no wonder Matt Campbell and staff recruited him 
and they wanted to come, I think, play DB or play wide, wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, there you go. And he chased his dream and went to you and I and and walked on and and well they gave a, no the, he was going to walk have, on Iowa State you and I offered him a scholarship oh okay I'm sorry pardon me so he chases his dream at you and I and looks absolutely phenomenal like he's built for that like Mark Farley let let him just do what he knew he could do like just let him go be a football player it was great right. it was looking at the replay right. like you can't even be mad at that well it was, I, and I look at this as that Missouri Valley football conference stacked they're they're. You know, I talked to a good buddy about this mine. Well, maybe not stacked. Um, I do think the winner of the Missouri football conference, typically last few years, has been to NDSU. South Dakota State is loaded. Um, USD isn't bad. Obviously, you've got you and I. You've got a few really SDSU good teams. SDSU only loses to Minnesota by seven, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, but I, I, the, I would think four out of five years, the team that comes out of the Missouri Valley Conference probably could win the MAC or the Sun Belt or something like that. You know, Absolutely. a team that has a full 85 scholarship. So Absolutely. that's a good opponent. Um, they didn't blow Southern Utah out, um, but that's a good opponent. I don't think too much can be, I I heard another good reference on one of my favorite podcasts, um, that not all first dates are good. And so if we look at week one, there was a lot of sloppy play from a lot of teams, you know, some first dates go really good and, and, you know, you have a great first date and second, third, fourth date, maybe just not even fifth date. Don't go well. Some first dates, some first dates are really awkward. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a good way to put that. And, Iowa State had a really awkward first date. Yeah, and I th- I think I'm gonna if you if you don't mind I, I I'm gonna get the last word here. I am just of course you are. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm impressed with Mark Farley. I I I think he knew how to get his guys ready for the thing. He knew what they were doing. They all were ready to go. Like this was an in-state opponent for them. They wanted to show everybody that they could compete on a big stage like this. Um, you know, it's a it was in a. 11 o'clock game nationally televised man like that's fs1 for them and like how many yeah, times they, they're not gonna be they on don't they don't get year. on tv nope. ever and so like congratulations to mark Far- like that that was incredible game planning did great um i'm glad we escaped with a w it's the survive and advance mentality um so it it, it was good it, it it was what it was but um anyway so we can we can dive in a little bit more here to uh some big 12 and big 10 reactions dan where do you want to go first you want to go big 10 or big 12 we'll do weeks one and week two a little bit combined we'll do a shorthand version here but where do you want to go first buddy well the big 12 and week one there, there's a few things that are obvious to stick out first of all the big 12 goes undefeated um which was the only power five conference to do that mm-hmm. now big 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 asterisk by that, uh, seven of the ten opponents were FCS schools. Yes, that is an asterisk. Um, so may that be what it was. Um, but there was some other games there were or not. Um, the big one that sticks out, actually for me, there's a few of them. All the new coaches um, in terms of Texas Tech, you know, all these Kansas State, uh, they're put up a lot of points, soundly defeated opponents. Um, Kansas had, had a little bit of trouble. West Virginia had trouble with James Madison, which I think everybody – could see happening a little bit and there's already talks there might be some changes in the quarterback room there um but the big one coming out of that week was oklahoma sunday night on tv just throwing i, I don't know how many points they end up throwing 50 50 56 something like in there. i don't even remember throwing a 50 huge. burger on houston and jalen hurts having one of the most memorable week one performances i know there's been a lot of talk about oh you know how's it going to get him adjust how long is it going to take him to adjust to an air raid spread concept offense like this and get him going well there was no rust i mean i I think the dude was like i don't know 18 for 20 or something like that five touchdowns 160 rushing um i mean out of his freaking gourd now let's say this houston um really good 
American Conference football team, good program. Dana Holgerson is there. Don't know if that's a great hire. Um, they play defense like a Dana Holgerson team. you got to also remember this is the Houston team. Or lack thereof. Well, yeah. This is the Houston team that also gave up 70 points to Army in their last game last year. So let's take it all with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts looked unstoppable, unbeatable. Oklahoma's defense, actually, for me, that first half, they're flying all over. They're making plays. Played really well the first half. Now they gave up some some points and garbage time, th- things like that. Um I think we'll really find out if they're improved when we get to the grind of Big 12 play. You know who I watched in that OU game that just absolutely blew me away is, I don't know his first name, but I can I literally can remember what this kid looked like in his uniform. Number nine, Murray is his last name on the defense. Yeah. I watched him chase down Houston's quarterback for a sack, and as, like, this... The Houston quarterback had, like, a 15-yard head start going sideline to sideline, and this Murray fella ran him down like I have never seen. I think he's playing middle linebacker, outside linebacker, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Kenneth Murray. I'm pretty sure that's the reigning Big 12 oh. defensive player of the year. Oh, my gosh. He is unreal. And so, like, let, let's jump into you finally the- get him in a good defense with a def- oh good defensive coordinator. Like gosh. I said, I think they're going to be improved. There's going to be how Alex they— Gr- Alex Grinch has got that one well, figured Alex out. Well, Alex Grinch, if you knew this, Alex Grinch and Matt Campbell were teammates at Mount Union. Oh, I did not know Fun that. Fun fact. Um— but that's part of Cole Sheets. Did you know segment? <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> so no, I think they're gonna be proved. How they deal with different teams, you know, that can really pound the football and grind one out, it'll be different because Houston. I mean, there was plenty of opportunities for Oklahoma to get the football and wing it out there. Yeah, and I that's that's kind of the way that we're gonna break this up a little bit is talking about conferences and and um, part number one of these conference recaps is uh, the surprise. And for me, it was Jalen Hurts. Um, and I guess I, I say surprise, but take it with a grain of salt because what I mean by that is that we all knew Jalen Hurts was a great football player. And I was on record saying that I didn't think that he could get it done with his arm. I thought that he is an incredible runner, really talented with his feet and legs, knows how to make great reads on RPOs, zone reads, what have you. I watched him drop a couple of real nasty dimes on Houston's defense. And granted, like, okay, we're still talking about Houston's defense. That's fine. But for a brand-new quarterback and a brand-new system for him, um, you know, I'm not going to crown Lincoln Riley the quarterback whisperer right now, but... Why not? I don't know. I'm just... I'm going to make it, I'm gonna make him keep going because he's he's proved it so far. He's he's shown us he can do it. But I, I knew Jalen Hurts was a good quarterback. I thought he was going to be a nice fit. And what we saw against that Houston defense Houston team, I was just blown away. And so that's my week number one surprise. Dan, do you have a week number one surprise? Um, he played out of his, his mind. I don't know. The rest of the Big 12 slate, there were so just lack. I mean, the, the surprise for me would have been Iowa State, you know, barely getting by you and I. I agree. Um, other than that, it was just such a, you know, just a doldrum of games that it's hard for me to take away, like I said, like a lot of awkward first dates. Yeah, yeah. Teams did what they supposed to. West Virginia, I thought, would almost drop one to James Madison. Um, Kansas, you know, played okay. Um, I do think that team's actually going to be improved. They get Puka, they got Puka Williams back last week. Yep. Um, so for me, the Big 12 week one slate was just kind of, eh. Blah, yeah, you sure. Uh, and then I guess with that going next, I mean, the overreaction, I think, out of all of this too, um, you know, you could, you could say things like, you know, oh, you would be unbeatable. Um, you know, we all know that that's not necessarily the case, but 
you know, they're good. They're they're a great team. And the other overreaction would be like, you know, oh, is I, Iowa State done? Are they are, are they finished? But I think that that is a hard no on the worry media on the worry meter from not only a fan standpoint, but if I were a third party non-biased. I mean, you look at that game and say, okay, well, it's an interstate rivalry, quote-unquote, game that someone got up for. Iowa State maybe just had a couple of kinks to work out. That's a 2 out of 10 on my worry meter. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you feel about the same. You know, for me, I wasn't all that surprised. Um, I'm not a gambler because I'm Dutch. Um, but I probably would have taken you and I oh, to cover. I am, and I am not Dutch. Um, for me, it's not surprising. I mean, we've seen – this is our fourth Matt Campbell team we've seen. They have never started a season fast. They've never really gone and blown anybody out. Um, I wasn't really that surprised by it. I, you know, I think there's three or four things that go wrong. Iowa State maybe wins by, you know, 15, 20 points. Um, and that's that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, you know, for me, if you're going to worry about anybody, um, we all thought West Virginia was going to be bad. Um, after week two, I don't think anyone thought West Virginia was going to be this, this bad. bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, horrific. Um, I I I have hot take nation here. West Kansas will finish with a better conference record than oh, West Virginia. Oh, Dan, you stole mine. Why did you do that? Okay, that's fine. I'll get over <laughs> it. All right. So then, I guess we'll start. We'll start this. Um, we'll start this little segment. We got a new little idea. We're we're gonna call it, um, the heat index segment. S- yeah, the sizzle. And frosty, and so my idea was we got hot blooded here, and hot blooded means you know a team that's looking really good. They're they're up, they're they're finding it, they're figuring it out. And for me to start, um, and this is despite what I saw last night, which against LSU, and once again we'll touch on that. But I initially had written down Texas. Um, I thought that they looked pretty good in week one, like they were gonna. They were gonna have some. They were gonna have some success in the big in the Big Twelve so far this year, and you know, really, they didn't look all that bad against LSU. But you know, for a, a Kojo coach team, they gave up quite a few points. They get, ended up giving up forty five points in that game against LSU. But you know, nonetheless, I still think um, I still think that Texas is really good. Oh, that was a big deep pass, James Washington. Nice catch, OSU grad. Speaking of Big That's Twelve, right. uh, you know, defense has eight new starters. And allowed some allowed some pass yards against I forget who their first week one matchup was. Texas. Yeah. I. Anyways. Louisiana they, Tech. Yeah, they gave up some pass yards. I think they allowed fourteen points, but it was kind of in some garbage time stuff. They're so young. They're so fast. I. I I'm not out on Texas. You, I think you, Texas is going to have more problems on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have yeah. a lot of depth at running back yeah. and in some other places. Yeah, but they they looked good week one, and I'm still going to give them a pass on week two. I mean, they still ended up scoring a touchdown to keep it close late. Um, and again, we will touch on that in a minute. Um, so that's kind of my hot blooded for the Big Twelve. Dan, you got one that you're kind of up on. Um, Kansas State for me is one that I don't Ooh. think anybody came out. The Fighting and, Chris Clemens. Yeah, the Fighting Chris Clemens. Um, Bowling Green is usually a pretty good MAC team. You know, Urban Meyer's been there. They've had good programs. Smoked like, them. Couldn't tell you anything about what they were like last year, um, but they laid the wood. Um, I expected that Kansas State to be better prepared, but now it's all of a sudden looking like they're going to be smack dab in the middle of bowl contention in the middle of the Big Twelve. Um, for me, that's one that that you know probably did really well. Um, you know, are we doing Big Ten now too? Or are we waiting to come back to that? Uh, let's. Let's let's come back. I mean, um, yeah, we'll come back. We we'll didn't come do back. Best. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll keep going. A big, we'll keep going with Big Twelve. So then, so then the my what I like to call the Frosty the Snowman um, or Snowman in this in this case, uh, West Virginia. Like we were just talking about, I don't think really anyone realized how bad they were going to be. Um, 
and and that's what you get. I mean, you 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 basically start from scratch. You you can you can Dana Holgerson. Well, you didn't really can him, but he was probably going to go anyways, one way or the other. Right. But um, you know, you start over. You start from scratch. You you have to you expect stuff. This is you. He never really had a defense in the first place, and now there really isn't a defense. And now there's really not any offensive presence either. So they're just going to have to figure some things out for this year for sure, and then next year as well. But you know, they they played James Madison and James Madison we can talk a little bit about them no one really knows anything about them except for the fact that they're usually a perennial contender in that playoff system that FCS has uh just really gave West Virginia a run for their money and I think uh, I think that they allowed uh, excuse me West Virginia allowed 172 rush yards to James Madison, 172. There's going to be a lot more <laughs> that to company. James Madison, and it's nothing to take away from those those individuals that play for James Madison or coach James Madison, but this is a Big 12 defense we should be talking about, and they gave up 172 on the ground. So that one's that one's kind of my Frosty the Snowman, if you will. Yeah, um, for me, West Virginia, it's going to be like what we saw when Campbell come in. It's going to be a, tear it down to the studs. We're going to completely rebuild. They've got a lot of stuff they've got to – They've got to improve on. There's going to think they'll, you know, I can see that team. Neil Brown, I think, is a really good head coach. Um, they're going to improve throughout the year, but West Virginia right now. I mean, I said Kansas is going to finish with a better record. Kansas did lose to Coastal Carolina, who again, good FCS school. Yeah, Kansas was um, favored by like twenty plus in that's, that game. That's too. a bad. That's a bad loss. Um, they got so, beat by four field goals. Yikes! That's some Brett Culberson action right there, but. Right. Um, I, I think we go back to Big Ten reacts. What's what's your perception of the league after two weeks? I've Obviously, Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. It, that's no surprise. Um, you know, we predicted in that first show, I had a lot of predictions. I think um, I'm going to – I'll say it right now. I'll go on record. Uh, Dan was wrong on a lot of his Big Ten predictions. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had Ohio State winning the league. You had Penn State. You had Penn Frick. You had Penn State winning the Big Ten. Penn State's defense right now is only allowed like two touchdowns through the year, and they've scored like 160 points. So I mean, who's really winning right now? Okay, keep <laughs> keep thinking that. So the big the Big Ten. I, what I've noticed is that there's a lot more scoring potential there than I thought. I mean, Wisconsin week one. I'm telling you, the perception of the league is changing. 49 yep. to zero against USF, which was awesome. Uh, you know, you had Minnesota come up with oh, a close call. Oh, by the way, call. when is Char- how long is Charlie Strong going to be there? Oh man, they are in bad shape. He's got he's going to be on his last leg here before too long. It's it's amazing that he. That's par- a good program. It's amazing that he parlayed his job at Louisville into a Texas job, because that went south in a hurry no pun intended oh. but it just no he's it, that's a dumpster fire oh it, it's not good I mean my perception overall perception of the Big Ten is that there's a lot more points to be scored there um I, I'm I'm still um out on Nebraska we talked shocker. about that shocker listen they lost on the road to Colorado who doesn't even have a defense they were up by 17 points and had an absolute meltdown Minnesota had a close call against SDSU, and we'll give them a pass for that because, once again, it's a neighboring school. They probably got up on on television. Big deal for some of those kids in that FCS program. But that that did not go great for them. Rutgers is just, I mean, Rutgers. But the surprise of the Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10, Maryland. Where in the world? I'm going to go ahead and call them my hot-blooded team right now. Oh, my gosh. First yes. of all, Mike Loxley 
Absolutely. I thought Maryland, when they hired him, I thought that was one of the worst hires of the coaching carousel of, you know, 2018, 2019. Because he, he had one head coaching opportunity before this and fell on his absolute face. Don't get me wrong, he was a play caller for an incredible Alabama team last year, but I did not expect anything. Now, he's a heck of a recruiter in a really talent-rich part of the country, um, but I was not, but holy, for better of a term, shit. I mean, them hanging, I mean, I, Syracuse is a good football team. They've been better under Dino Babers. Embarrassed they, they them. took that, But that was taking them to the woodshed. Um, and look good the first week, too. I, I don't know where Maryland came from. I don't know if they're going to keep it up. Um, but for me, that like that is one of the biggest surprises in the league, Al- along with Ohio State. You were right in Wisconsin. Wisconsin looks really tough. Um, Just you know, give the ball ones. to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. If you are Paul Chris, give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Dude's a freak. Let him run. There's another one. Okay, so Nebraska, and Nebraska's got to be my cold team from there. They struggle in the first week against – South uh, South Alabama, you know, needed offense. needed two defensive touchdowns. Right, needed a punt return for a touchdown. So that's twenty one points defensive and special teams, and they only won by fourteen. Imagine if those points didn't come, they lose by seven to South Alabama East Jesus Nowhere Tech School for the deaf and the blind. For that me, was mean. I'm sorry, awkward first harsh. date. Awkward first date. You know, at least kids made plays. Um, we saw a little bit more of it this week, where they got up and we saw. Excuse me. We saw them get up big in the first half. Adrian Martinez looked like his normal self. Um, they make plays. Now, I think Mel Tucker under Colorado was really improved. Um, but we saw, once again, I think Adrian Martinez has, you know, three turnovers in that game. And they're a poor kicker. Like, I'm sorry. But, like, Nebraska, for me, that's that's one. Nebraska is not back. Um, for me, that looked a lot like a like like a Paul Rhodes team, like snatching snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, right there. Great defensive effort, played with lots of spirit, but turnovers, bad kicking, bad special teams cost them the game. It's really funny. If you get our rivals, there's already Nebraska fans calling and saying Scott, Scott Frost, Frost is and, a bust. Oh, my goodness. Uh, for me, Nebraska, just there's a lot they have to make up there. There's some other teams that you know have looked good, though. Illinois, I think, is 2-0 for the first time in God knows how long. Um, even though it's a, a 7- or 8-point win, Indiana drops 52 um, Purdue bounced back strong this week over what's not a good Vanderbilt team, but still a win over a Power 5 opponent. I watched that game in its yeah. entirety, and I, I, it kind of actually is painful to hear myself say out loud that I watched a Big Ten game between Vanderbilt and Purdue. Like, I watched that whole thing. That's the first, two bad the, black and gold for, teams. For, and there's a third one. Um, that was so <laughs> sloppy. So sloppy in the first half by Purdue. Like, just they should have been kicking the shit out of Vanderbilt and just didn't. But again, like you said, they bounce back. It's all good. But, um, you know, going with the hot blooded and, and Frosty the Snowman thing, mine obviously is Wisconsin. I won't get into that. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Wisconsin. They look great the first two weeks. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure who they have in week three. Um, I don't know if it's a conference game or not, but for me, it's it's Minnesota. Um, being the frosty team they trailed entering the fourth quarter against that sdsu team and again it's nothing to take away from them um but the most recent team fcs team to beat a big 10 team part of cole's did you know that segment most recent fcs team to beat a big 10 team ndsu over Iowa. God, you are the hate let the hate is flowing <laughs> it's hate today. week baby the hate okay suppose okay cole's not being very impartial this episode i just want to <laughs> throw sorry. that out for you hawk fans um, I've got one more that I want to throw out there. 
this is another game. I had three big games I watched. I watched Nebraska Colorado, and actually I was working in the barn, and I, I got to listen to the Nebraska the Colorado broadcast for that game, and that was really entertaining. And then I got to watch Texas LSU. The other one I watched um, for the most part was the Army Michigan game, um, and the guys who took the line on that one, I'm pretty sure Cole did. Um, I thought they'd keep it close. Remember last Whoa! year they took they took things really close to Oklahoma, but Michigan just did some questionable stuff down. I mean, questionable fourth down calls and, and things like that, and you're just wondering what happened. And honestly, um, it came down to Army having a bad, you know, false start um, penalty, you know, from them on – they were like on, on Michigan's five-yard line from them probably going up 21-14 and winning the game. Um, Michigan, they've got a lot of – they've got there's a lot to clean up there before they get into the heart of Big Ten play. That's my thought. Yeah, and – and I agree. I, again, that's another one. I was I had six screens rolling down here um, on Saturday. Um, it was so much fun to watch all these different games. And I had a lot of Big Ten football up just because there was not a lot of Big 12 stuff that was going on. I, I tried to watch a little bit of the Missouri game, Missouri and West Virginia. But once again, like I'm not going to waste time trying to stream a absolutely awful Big 12 team. But, you know, it's one of those things where I – I knew looking at it that Army was getting way too many points on the road. Um, I am not a Shea Patterson believer. I watched him well, miss. They played, I they watched played the McCaffrey kid a little bit off and they? on the last couple of weeks. I have watched. I have watched Shea Patterson miss so many downfield throws in that game. Like it was painful, and I I kind of felt bad for Michigan fans and oh. people that were passionate about that about him. As that's a, a self righteous oh bunch my, to feel bad oh, about. Yeah, that's true. But man, he was missing some wide open. Just little, little dink and dunkers, and he he whiffed a bunch, and it was it was a bummer to watch. But I, I do think my takeaway. I think I had Ohio State as nine and three beginning of the year. They are a goddamn juggernaut. They are a playoff contender. They're looking good. They're um, looking good. Ryan Day. I, I think they're they're picking. There's there's been no put off from Urban Meyer there. I, yep. I think they are. That's a team that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, Cincinnati is a very good defensive team. That's a team that's really improved under Luke Fickle and is probably a year ahead of where most people thought them are. And absolutely just 42 to nothing shutout. Um, really impressive overall performance um, from Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. Well, all that stuff aside, it's it's good stuff. We're, uh, we're looking forward to uh, weeks three and four. We're, uh, we've talked about maybe – Busting the podcast open a little bit and maybe doing it every week. Um, we'll see. We we know that we'll have enough content to cover it, but you know whether or not that that's um, that's enough. We'll we'll see. We might we might give it a shot next Sunday and do another recording. But um, that being said, um, week week three. Oh, oh, nice. Oh my God, Tom Brady still got it. He's like sixty seven years old. That's the furthest I've seen him throw the ball in a long time. He's sitting on my bench in fantasy, too. That was a dime. So, we'll move into my favorite. Josh Gordon? Oh, my gosh. I hope so. No. Sorry. No, he's too short. That wasn't Josh Gordon. We'll move into my favorite segment of the entire show, the betting segment. Cash considerations, baby. So, Cole went 0 for 3 in his locks in week one. Took Miami of Ohio with the plus 18.5 on the road with the Hawks. Oh, excuse me. I think I got 21 on the road. Pardon me. Uh, lose by 24. Uh, I also had Oregon plus six and a half. They lose by seven. And then I had oh, who's the who's the third one? I don't know. Regardless, I went 0 and three in the first. Um, shout out to Trenton Van Ruckel, our, our good friend Tinas. 
um, who who claimed on Twitter that he was going to take a parlay against Cole's locks and did, and pretty sure made some money. Yeah, so good for him. Thank you, Trent, for your feedback, and I uh, also would like to congratulate you on your winnings, and you can give me some commission off of that. <clears throat> so I placed some bets uh, this, this last weekend, and obviously I don't have a locks segment for week two because that's already come and gone. And so I went through and looked at a bunch of different point spreads, money lines, over-unders, etc., and I found five that um, really intrigued me. And so I started, I just did a straight-up bet, and I always just kind of bet $10. bucks. i am real, I'm real simple. I don't try to get too carried away. I, I just like to do it. It makes the games more interesting. My first one was Purdue... Um, in Vanderbilt, Vandy at Purdue, I got Purdue at minus seven and a half, and that's a hitter. Made nine bucks off that game. Real simple, real, 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 real tiny bets. It's just fun. Makes you can almost fun. buy a twelve pack of beer with that. You cold. Nice shop. Almost buy it. If you're buying Keystones, that's a thirty rack. <laughs> uh, the next four, I actually did a four leg parlay on. I bet four games, all ten bucks a piece, and then I bet ten bucks on a parlay. And now my four bets were. The money line on Colorado beating Nebraska, that hits after them being down by 17. I took Ohio State minus 16 to cover. Shout out Trent. He told me that one. <laughs> I took I took Army plus 22 and a half to cover against Michigan. I'm not a better, but I would have grabbed that one after seeing them play Oklahoma last year. Mm-hmm. And then I took um, – what was my fourth one? I took – It was the one you lost. Oh yeah, this is one. It was the it was the one that that stabbed me in the back. So I won all three of those games early in the day, and the one I'm least concerned about is the last one of the night, when Texas loses by seven, and I had them plus six and a half, and it was a heartbreaker because I had a four leg parlay on all that deal, would have been worth about three hundred bucks if Texas loses by less than six, and they were only down by six. With two minutes to go, Joe Burrow throws a crossing pattern across the middle and drives a dagger through my heart at 1035 on a Saturday night. Can I talk about the way Texas lost that game just a little bit? Let's hear it. All right. I, there's a lot of people criticizing Tom Herman um, on the way. I know you were at a wedding, so maybe you didn't see. So t- Texas basically um, drives inside the five-yard line. They've got uh, – they, they have four attempts to score a touchdown um, and take a lead right away in that first quarter. Um, they go three tries, go for it on fourth down, uh, receiver catches an easy touch or drops an easy touchdown for them to put seven on the board. Well, they go back, they force a Joe Burrow interception right away. They come back, Texas gets the ball within the 10 yard line again, real quick, like, um, and they've got four more chances to put the ball in the end zone. And instead of having two options to take, you know, two field goals, put six points on the board. Um, Texas goes for it all four tries again. They've got eight plays inside the 10-yard line, come away with zero points. Easy thing would be to say there, there's your six points right there, Cole. Now, a lot Tom Herman's kept, caught a lot of heat on his play calling, especially that second time down there. I think they ran Sam Ellinger with QB power three times in a row, um, and LSU sniffed it out pretty well. That's not, that's not a team in that, in that area where you're going to compress the field um, and put that many defense alignment around you. That's going to be a play that's tough to work. I mean, don't be wrong. Sam Ellinger is a huge sludge ha- human sledgehammer. Um, Tom Herman's taking a lot of heat over those calls. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a thing. I, I thought it was aggressive coming out and doing that. Yeah, should he have come away with at least three out of those two drives? Three points would have been great. Cole would have made more money. That's for sure. Um, but at this point... I'm still up 30 bucks. It's okay. At this point, you got to look at it from this standpoint. Is Texas and LSU, first of all, 
kudos to those two schools for scheduling that football game. Texas is still in a position where if they run the table in the Big 12, they are still a playoff contender. A loss to number six LSU in that fashion is not going to cost you a playoff spot. So I, I credit Tom Her- Tom Herman's aggressiveness, even as much of a pompous ass that he is. Um, another thing we got to talk about is LSU's offense. All of a sudden, um, they hired the New Orleans Saints passing game coordinator. And where did that come from? Joe Burrow throws for 471 yards and I think five touchdowns. Joe Burrow was a backup at Ohio State who couldn't see playing time and dang near transferred to Iowa State two or three years ago. SEC West champs, baby. Um, LSU has an offense, people. I uh, this it's it's been five ten years since we've seen them do anything. So it's been a while. We're seeing a little bit of that, you know, going on in you know in the SEC West now. Alabama's putting up points. LSU's put up points. Um, going to be real interesting for me. Another one that we we didn't touch on that was a big game. Um, Clemson kind of put the brakes on A&M and all their hope in, in that league, and I don't think that was too surprising. No, I, I I honestly didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that game. Um, Kellen Mond, obviously, I think he's the best quarterback in the SEC not named Tua. Um, he's Hey, I saw I saw Joe Burrow is at the top of some folks' Heisman list today, so don't sleep on Joe Burrow. I'm not sleeping a on Joe. A native of I'm Ames, not, Iowa, by the way. I'm not, knew that. I'm not, I did not know that. There's Cole's Did You Know segment. <laughs> Uh, I did not know that, and I, Joe Burrow, I, yeah, he he looked great. Like that's I'm awesome. I hope that's actually going to work out. I think that we've seen enough arm talent and leg talent out of out of Kellen Mond. I think to again crown him. I think second, Jake Fromm. I think Jake Fromm's pretty good. He is good. He's really good. I think I really believe that Kellen Mond is a little bit more talented than he is, truthfully. But um, again, not to take away from Jake Fromm, he's played in. What now? Some big games. Four, four playoff games or three playoff games, Pretty whatever that is. Yeah, great, great athlete, great kid. But anyway, not. I didn't mean to hijack Cole's betting segment here, but yeah, that was a game dick. I didn't get the chance to break down, and that was that was a heavyweight slugfest for yeah. a while. And Tom Herman, you know, what I mean, for being the pompous ass he is, has got a huge set of cojones, and credit them. I will never compliment Tom Herman. Uh, so moving forward here on some of Cole's locks of the week, I don't know if Dan, Dan, have you looked at any of the lines? Have you looked, do you have anything that you have are really, I, I lose at? enough money on other things. Fair enough. Okay. So Cole is your resident gambling, um, source addict, um, confidant friend. Uh, there are some that I found really, really intriguing and I'm going to start, um, with OU at UCLA. I love this game. OU has embarrassed their first two opponents here of the of the young season. They are at UCLA. The game is in LA. OU is favored by 17, but we watched UCLA lose in some pretty horrific fashion here the last two weeks. I'm taking OU over. Excuse me. I'm taking OU to cover the spread on that one. That's an easy pick for me, especially with the way they've played. Next one, we touched a little bit about it in the earlier part of the show with Maryland. Maryland is minus four at Temple. Maryland is now ranked 21st in, I believe, what would probably be the coach's poll. Uh, That team offensively has just got so many weapons all of a sudden. Their scheme is incredible. I don't know enough about Temple to know for a fact that they'll even slow them down because – Syracuse being the quote-unquote 21st best team in the country looked like a bunch of middle schoolers against a Maryland team. And so I'm taking that minus four. 
Uh, I'll, I'll, you big Terp guy, big Terp guy. And all of a sudden they look pretty freaking good, man. I tell you what. And then my last one, apparently I've got a thing for the whole minus four. I've got USC is favored by four at BYU. I'm taking the points in BYU. At BYU. That's BYU in in Utah. That's going to be in, in a whole bunch of Mormons cheering there. Yeah. In, in the Holy land, but bunch of folks that aren't even drunk. Yeah, so that's going to be the <laughs> one half is going to be the most sober team in, in fan base in the country. It's a bunch of 34 year olds playing. Yeah. Good God. So I'm taking I'm taking the plus four on on BYU in that game. That's I think line. that one's a really intriguing. I think there's a bunch of other stuff. Um, one that hits closer to home, Iowa, Iowa State. Um, is essentially a pick 'em. I've seen in some spots Iowa State is favored by two and a half to four and a half. I've seen some different occasions. Uh, the most recent one I've seen on CBS Sports is has got Iowa State plus one. So at home, Iowa State is getting a point, which I, I, I think it's a coin flip either way. I think that's a pick 'em game. That's a heads up game. That's going to be two really evenly matched teams. Well, it's a rivalry game. You got to throw it's everything a out the window. Game. Yeah, I don't know how much we can break it down. I mean, there's we can do a whole bunch to break this game down. Um, I think it's strength against strength. Iowa State's Iowa State's front seven on defense versus Iowa's run game. Nate Stanley. Um, Iowa has some defensive liabilities. Obviously, defensive line is not one of them. But actually, I I like Iowa State's quarterback and receivers against their secondary. Um, for me, I I don't know where to go. I think Iowa has upper hand off of two games where they've looked really solid, but. There's there's a lot that can happen. I I'm not gonna go out and make a pick there, but it's gonna be fun. It, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be really fun. I think college game day is coming to Ames for the first time ever, and I know that it was, um, as far as I read on Twitter, and I'm sure a lot of you did, it was between Ames and Syracuse with for the Clemson game, and I honestly kind of think that that Ames and Iowa State fans and Iowa fans for that matter, we were all gifted a, a big one here with. Maryland beating the brakes off of Syracuse because has if that doesn't happen, let's pretend Syracuse rolls and Clemson rolls like they do. I mean, you've got a number one Clemson and maybe a top 15 team in Syracuse. We don't see this game day. Guarantee it. No. So, you know, in a roundabout way, maybe we got Maryland to thank a little bit for this. But, you know, that's besides the point. And it's just it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be unlike any Ames atmosphere I think any of us have ever been a part of. I think something comparable would be that the um, West Virginia game last year would be no, a good comparison. There's going to be – yeah, remember, we got in-state – there's going to be 100,000 people in town. Yeah, it's, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of people. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're all looking forward to it. I, I you know, pom-poms up. I, ho- I hope the clones can get the dub for us. It's going to be – it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I want to see how Campbell and the boys are going to open up the playbook. I want to see how the defense performs against easily the best offense they'll have seen. Um, a much less mobile quarterback than than uh, Will McIlvain that right. we saw in U, uh, UNI's offense. You know, Nate Stanley can't use his legs like like Will can, but he's probably got a little bit more arm talent. We we've seen we've seen Iowa State's defense. Now, Iowa State's defense is designed to stop quarterbacks like Nate Stanley. We want to throw the ball down the field and play action, things like that. We tend to struggle against more teams with athletic quarterback. In that 3-3 stack, you're spread out a little bit more. Um, gives more room for guys to make like that to make plays. So it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be stressed. I'm yeah. stressed already. Yeah, Dan's already taken three nervous shits. Since oh, if, if you wanted to know, Cole has not put his pom-poms down this episode if, if you folks were listening. You're right. So. And I'm not sorry. Here I am with my pom-poms in the air. <laughs> so I guess um, I'm – 
I'm kind of exhausted on my topics here. You got anything else you want to hear? I want to break it? down a little bit of NFL stuff. Let's um, hear it. Antonio Brown, what in the hell? I, I don't um, even want to waste time on Antonio Brown. Like that's a what a terrible teammate. What just what a dumpster fire that he has brought to the Oakland Raiders. I I want to sit here and try to side with the player and say, oh man, that must be hard. Like you getting paid all this money to to put your body through all this stress and it feels like you're never appreciated and and blah 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 blah. But never appreciate. Here's the deal. I I don't care about appreciation and. You're an NFL player. You take a lot of criticism. You take a lot of stuff. At the end of the day, you are paid to play a game. You're an employee. You are an employee. To play a children's game, to play a sport. You are, you are making millions upon millions. You see more money in a season than most of us will ever see in our entire lives. Um, I do understand some points to this whole deal. We've seen a lot of it this year. Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, Julio Jones threatened to sit out. Jadavian Clowney, because they went and signed a long-term deal, asked for a trade. Um, NFL guys, for being teams... Man, alive. Brady is throwing the ball all over the field. Um, for being guys that get banged up and have the shortest careers and the most injuries, they're the only league, when you come to baseball and NBA, I don't know if enough about hockey, that don't get guaranteed contracts. So the guaranteed money is a big thing. Um, Antonio Brown, if they can get him in there in that Patriots offense, judging what they're doing tonight, yikes. Tom Brady has not had a weapon like that since Randy Moss. Oh, yeah, that's that's not a question. I it's it's just one of those things for me. I I think that at some point your sense of pride for your teammates would kick in and not being able to put myself in the same shoes cuz I'll never be there, but for for Antonio Brown to just turn his back on all of those guys like that just right. seems so so short-sighted to me, so selfish and and again, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how those things feel to an athlete where you have all those external and internal pressures happening for you. But it's just one of those things that he's he's proven himself to be a cancer. Yeah. I mean, if he he was so talented that Mike Tomlin, who's probably like Doctor Phil at this point, if he handled that for as long as he did, that that the Steelers released him, one of the most storied franchises in the history of the league. And that's a team that We're you know is always always bound by their culture and things like that. Now here's the deal. It's going to work in New England or he's not going to last very long there. Oh no, Bill Belichick is not going to handle his shit. If it's if it's a parade of BS, AB's not staying. Um part of me wonders if the guy just wants to play football anymore. I, I don't I, know. It doesn't seem like it. He it made it really money doesn't and, seem and now like that's it. what it is. Um there's a couple other things that just week 1 takeaways in the NFL site. Pair, pairs Bears and Packers an absolute dumpster fire. Um, Terrible. Trubisky was awful. They threw the ball like 54 times and only ran the ball. I mean, I think 15 or 16. That was awful. There's some interesting stuff to come out of this week. Um, the Baltimore Ravens just throw a smack burger on. And Cole will deny this. Deny this to everyone listening. But Cole is a Miami Dolphins fan. And don't let him ever argue with that different. But Lamar Jackson, um, Hollywood Brown, Mark Ingram, the new look, Baltimore Ravens offense. Wow, um, you know they hang fifty-two, and it's Lamar Jackson. Dolphins. Lamar They're Jackson terrible. ran the ball three times for six yards, and he can throw the ball apparently. But there's another one. The big thing that sticks out to me is it's week one of the NFL slate. The NFL still has not figured out overtime. We've got a tie already between the Cardinals and Lions in week one. Like this isn't hard. Keep playing until people score. Leave time on the clock. But this tie deal, this professional football, like. Play to win the game. I'm sorry, and 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 let me apologize. That's why I, I, 
said straight away right there about two minutes ago, I'm all out of topics. It's because the NFL is just such a garbage can. It's it's people that are 35 and up that still go out and buy these jerseys and wear another dude's last name on their back and act like they're super fan. Like I, that's not for me. I'm I'm not big into that anymore. Like I used to be. I like playing fantasy football in the NFL, and that's about all I pay attention to. Yes, I'm a Dolphins fan. Dan Marino sucked me in as a kid. Loved watching them play whenever I could get him on TV, and that's why I am the way that I am. Plus, Ricky Williams. Who doesn't love Ricky Williams? Love this, you know, just all about the pot. <laughs> that, that was a great. Was it? That was a great thirty for thirty about Ricky. But yeah, that, yes. And plus the orange, the orange throwback jerseys. I mean, come on. Like, can you can you imagine getting hit in the face by by Zach Thomas just getting one on your chin in that orange jersey? You you you'll never want to play football ever again. I just wish you guys could see him just beam about how bad the Dolphins. They're are horrible. Right now. They're they're the they're the new look New York Jets. Like, but there's well. there's just other things out there this week that you know are worth talking about, and we don't have a lot of time, but. Wild week, lots of points put up in different places, and then a lot of turd burgers of football games. Gonna be Kyler Murray, very yeah. underwhelming. Well, I mean, well, not underwhelming, but they threw the ball 54 times. It was overtime. They get to remember they were down 17 in the second half and came back to put it in overtime. At least I don't think Kyler was terrible. He had four passes batted down at the line of, line of scrimmage. Um, when you get some six foot five defense linemen jumping in the air, um, that's going to be an issue. We're going to see with. Five, eight, however I think big it'll he is. be a learning curve though too. I mean, you got, you've got quarterbacks in the league like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Now I'm right. not, I'm not comparing him to either of those two guys because he's got a lot to prove before you can even make that comparison. But the point being is that those guys are not of very tall stature, and they figured it out. I think Kyler Murray, and I'm allowed to say this because I've seen him play in person. I'm allowed to say that he's one of the he's greatest. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Incredible thrower, great just athlete. In terms of an athlete, instinctual. He's just crazy, yeah. crazy good. Um, but I think there will be a learning curve. He's not going to have it figured out on the first try. Cliff Kingsbury's a brand new coach. It's going to take us at least a year with these Arizona Cardinals. And and it, granted, it, it, you don't have your number one wide receiver no. out on the field either. With Hakeem Butler, who's out. It continues to oh, number one. He was barely good. God, future Hall of um, Famer. That continues to be the league's most interesting experiment. Like, I honestly, like, it kind of glued to the Cardinals whenever they're on just because I want to see how this works out. Um, the other one today is the, another, speaking of Oklahoma Heisman winning quarterbacks that are number one picks, um, Baker throws three interceptions today. The Browns lose by a lot, have 18 penalties, and they look just as disjointed, dysfunctional, and undisciplined as everyone thought they would be. So you got some stuff to work on, Cleveland. A lot of talent there, but Freddie Kitchens, first-year head coach, Gonna be interesting to see if they can get their ship righted there. Yeah, some people, some people were even locking up the Browns. I think the Browns were favored by five and a half today. And no. I'm not an NFL gambler. I think everything is way too unpredictable. Which that just goes to show you right now, the Browns were favored by five and a half. I think everybody in the world would probably take that bet. And they they got smoked. They got stomped by Tennessee. Man, that's that's unreal. So I think there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fun storylines to watch throughout this, uh, throughout this oh, NFL season. And rest, rest in peace, BDN. May your collarbone heal quickly. Oh man, BDN. For those of you not knowing the reference, that's Big Dick Nick. Nick Foles breaks clavicle today. So um, we. Hey, but our man Mustache Gardner Minshew came in, looked yeah, good, support. So yeah, Mustache Gardner Minshew, Mustache Minshew. Um, 
so it's it's going to be a lot of wild rides. I think, like like Dan was saying, the the new look Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson looks incredible. Um, it's it's going to be fun. I didn't get to pay a lot of attention to the NFL Week One um, today on Sunday. I had some uh, prior engagements, some obligations, but it, it's going to be fun. I fantasy football, like I was saying, is one of my favorite things to play. It's it's a good t- it's a good time. It's good good way to kill some time. Um, waste away your Sunday in the basement drinking beer having a good time watching watching these games unfold and and uh Minnesota putting it on Atlanta which no one would have ever guess because you that know, was thorough that Kirk, was a thorough ass Kirk, Kirk Cousins is well you know we all just thought he was just kind of average well then guy. Matt Ryan who's usually in contention for league MVP um has kind of an abysmal day with two picks um Carson Wentz starts slow a little bit here it looks like 32 27 against Washington um, when are we going to see Dwayne Haskins? Did he play today? No, yeah. Uh, Case Keenum looked pretty good. Did he really? So yeah, I didn't get to watch a lot of the games, like I said. But you know, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride, and um, you know, we're here for it. And and if you guys have any good topics, conversations that, that we missed, any any good things that we glanced over or didn't talk enough about, please tweet at us, follow us, like us. Uh, we'll we'll be posting here this uh, episode. We'll get on the get on the air late Tuesday night. It'll be available for you all day at your. Uh, place of work and or business on wednesday morning and um yeah dan what else you got what else you want to talk about but that's what i got for now all right i love it well again if uh, anybody's got any good uh good suggestions for us stuff that we didn't cover stuff that we missed stuff that uh, you think we got right or got wrong let us know we uh again we really appreciate all the feedback we uh, appreciate uh chad swinson uh, with remax concepts wanting to participate and and give us a little cocktail of the month sponsorship that's uh it's been it's been fun it's been a fun little um experiment here so far and we're really looking forward to the rest so uh with that we are uh, gonna sign off for the evening and uh go clones thanks for listening thanks for listening everybody when i wore a younger man's clothes